Welcome to episode 17 of Confessions of a Casting Director, where you'll hear advice, wisdom, and true stories from inside the audition room. I'm your podcast host, Jen Rudin. So today's episode features a live recording from the April 22nd free online parent coaching session attended, again, by over 100 parents and young actors all over the country. We are going to be continuing to do these free online chats until this pandemic is over. So if you missed the last one, please sign up up for Wednesday, April 29th at jenrudencasting.com. So our topic last week was life on set for young actors. And this podcast features the in-depth chat we had with young actor Quinn McCoggan and her mother, Noelle McCoggan. Uh, Quinn is very special to me because she starred in my short film, Lucy in the Sky, opposite Whoopi Goldberg. And I met Quinn many, many, many years ago when she was just starting out. Quinn started acting when she was seven, and her first big project was playing Kate Winslet's daughter on Mildred Pierce. She's done 17 film and television projects since then, including the action thriller Nonstop with Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore. Quinn's mom, Noelle, shares a hilarious story about filming on an airplane uh, for three months. She filmed a post-apocalyptic movie called Extinction with Matthew Fox and Jeffrey Donovan, where she got to live in Budapest, Hungary for three months, her favorite project. And Quinn just wrapped up a movie called Hide and Seek, playing the daughter of Jonathan Rhys Myers and produced by the same company that just produced Parasite. Um, she's appeared on television in Blue Bloods, FBI's Most Wanted, and 13 national commercials. Quinn is graduating from high school this month, and her hobbies include singing, guitar, cross-country, lacrosse, reading, reading, reading. So if you couldn't Zoom with us last week, please listen to this fantastic episode about life on set for parents and young actors with Quinn McCoggan and her mom, Noelle. So I'm Jen Rudin. I know most of you. And uh, for those of you who don't, I don't know, I'm a, a longtime casting director and author. Um, you might know me from such movies like The Incredibles and Chicken Little, and I worked for Disney for seven years, and currently casting a Netflix animated series, which will be announced next month. I will be posting that, which is really exciting. Just did some casting for Sesame Street and some video games, and most of all, I am proud of my book, Confessions of a Casting Director, uh, which is now also a podcast. So what I've been doing with these weekly chats is uh, turning them into podcast episodes. So if people who can't attend can at least hear the podcast. Um, we've also been doing a bunch of fun online classes at reduced prices during this pandemic in voiceover and animation and TV acting analysis and monologue work. It's been really fun. Uh, some of the people who are in this recent class photo are actually on the call today. Um, and of course, I had to share um, uh, a private coaching with um, Audrey Rolls and her puppy who made a guest appearance uh, at the end of our session. Um, so the classes are continuing uh, as the uh, weeks go by. Um, and here's some of the stuff we have coming up. We've got an animation class on Saturday for level two. We've got Sunday, an animation class that sold out. We've got more coming up in May. And we also have a TV acting analysis class coming up. Um, all of this information, if you want to sign up, all of it can be found at jenrudencasting.com. Um, so 
Uh, I always want to hear from you guys what we should talk about. We've talked about a bunch of different topics over the past few weeks. Um, so if you've had other ideas and things you want advice on, please just feel free to shoot me an email and we can talk about them. Um, on a separate note, I am looking for headshots of young actors for a current project. Um, if you didn't see the blast yesterday, you can shoot your headshot to jenrudenassistant at gmail.com. If we choose your headshot for this deck we're doing, I will email you and give you more details. And just for fun, ha ha ha, don't laugh, I included my one of my headshots from 1984 from when I was a child actor. Of course, nothing looks like this anymore. Nothing's in black and white, but I thought you guys would find that amusing. So today we're going to be talking about life on set with um, a very talented young actor named Quinn McCoggan and her mom, Noelle. Um, I first met Quinn when she was maybe seven or eight years old and would audition for me. And she's had an incredible career uh, that began when she was seven. Uh, she was in the HBO miniseries Mildred Pierce playing Kate Winslet's daughter. She was in the film Non stop with Liam Neeson and Julianne Moore. Um, she's got a new movie that will come out soon called Extinction. And Quinn is going to tell you so much more about life on set and answer some of the questions um, that the parents have um, because her mom, Noelle, is also going to be joining the chat. Um, my relationship with Quinn really um, strengthened when I cast her in a short film that I wrote, executive produced and cast called Lucy in the Sky about a teen girl with autism who goes back to mainstream high school. And Quinn played uh, Lucy's uh, fraternal twin sister, Rachel. Um, some of you who on this call may have actually auditioned for it. We, we filmed the movie in January of 2018. And this is a beautiful production still that Quinn and her mom will recognize um, from the film. So and Noel, can you hear me? Yes. Great. So why don't you um, introduce yourselves? Um, Noel, maybe say hello first and then Quinn, and then we will start to talk and hear from you about what it was like to start working at such a young age and what life is like on the set. Well, my name is Noelle, obviously Noelle McCoggan, and uh, we live in Delaware, and that's where we're currently talking to you from. Um, I am basically Quinn's mom. Um, you could call me her momager, I guess. <laughs> um, but I've been doing the traveling and on set with her since she was seven years old, which is when she started in the business. Um, and she's now 18, so I don't know what's gonna come as far as me being with her anymore or not. But, um, you know, her adventures could start a little more now because she is 18. Um, but I'll let her give you the rest because I'm kind of just mom. <laughs> <laughs> she's not just mom, she's great. Um, but I'm Quinn. Um, I have known Jen, like she said, for so long, I think, I can't, it's like 11 years or something now. I mean, I started when I was seven um, and now I'm 18. So yeah, I'm entering into that adult world. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a really good talk because my mom has been with me since the start of it, um, obviously with child laws and stuff like that. Um, so we've kind of navigated this whole business together for the past uh, few years. 
And maybe I'll say how I met Quinn. So obviously I've done a ton of kids casting in my career and I was casting this movie and I think it was (laughs) 2011, uh, uh, the horseback riding movie is what I called it. (laughs) Um, it, I was hired to to do the New York casting for this movie starring Jason Statham. um, And we needed to find a little girl who uh, was his daughter. And of course there was no mother and um, she was riding horses and there was a lot of pain and pathos. And so I had a bunch of, I mean, so many girls came to audition for this movie and so few of them had the pathos and the pain and the, the, um, the drama that we needed. And, um, and then Quinn came in, little Quinn. And so if it was 2011 or 2012, you know, eight, nine, something like that. And, um, she gave this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful audition. So, uh, we finished the New York casting and I was on my way to Los Angeles for another job. And they called me that morning as on my way to the airport. And they said, we love Quinn McCoggin, but we're missing scene three. Um, her scene three audition is not posted. So, uh, I had a freelance casting assistant. He'd forgotten to post that final scene. Somehow at four in the morning, I'm calling Quinn's agent. They call Noel, I guess, to come back up to New York to retape that final scene um, so that uh, we could get it to the director. <laughs> it was one of those like crazy moments. I don't know if you guys remember that story. I do a little bit. I also remember um, you had to like, we had to get pictures or something and they wanted to see like, what I would look like as like a farm girl, which is odd because I, I, where I grew up in Delaware, there's like farms all over the place. So we had contacted a family friend and we were like, can we like borrow some of your horses and take some pictures so we can send it um, to Jen so that she can use this to kind of push for me. So I do, I do vividly remember taking those pictures. I don't know if I remember the audition, but I do remember those. Yes. It was very interesting. And the irony is that, um, is that uh, Zoe Coletti, who played your sister in Lucy in the Sky, the two of you gave outstanding auditions auditions for that movie. Um, and it's so beautiful that years later you you auditioned for Lucy in the Sky and were perfect for, for that movie. So, um, so Noelle, maybe you can tell us a little bit for some of the parents about what it was like um, bringing your daughter up from Delaware to pursue her dreams, her acting career. You know, give us like a typical day when she was younger, younger. And again, for the parents on this call, remember this is before um, self-tapes were really an option. You really had to get to New York to get to the audition so yeah um we when we first started well I always tell the story we also didn't have google maps so navigating New York when you're not from New York or not familiar with New York was quite the challenge um and you know we we learned as we went now I we call ourselves pros even though we're never going to be as pro as somebody like you living in New York but um but yeah, we, um, you know, we get the call just like everyone else a couple days beforehand, um, sometimes one day beforehand. Um, navigating it with school was difficult. Um, I think that's for anybody, even if you actually are in New York, um, because you're always juggling a schedule of, you know, the back and forth, missing school a little bit, missing your time to do homework. But that's also part of, you know, if you want to do this job, that's something you've got to be responsible for. Um, and that's something as a parent, you've got to make sure your kid doesn't miss because that is important. Um, we've always made school a number one priority and acting is the number two priority because we've looked at it up until this point. Now that she's an adult, it might change, but we've always looked at it as this is her, her fun thing to do. Um, and she can take it as a career or, or 
whatever, but it's, it's like her brother playing lacrosse or somebody dancing or somebody doing gymnastics. This is her extracurricular activity that she loves to do. And fortunately has been successful. So, you know, we've talked so much in these chats, Quinn and Noel, about auditions, right? So now we really want to hear from you, like, I got the job, so now what, right? So you hire the actor and we send you to set and tell us what happens. Um, you know, what is a typical day for a young actor on the set, um, given the hours that they're allowed to work, not allowed to work, the, tu the tutoring, I put that in quotes, um, the schooling and all of that? Because I think there's a lot of questions we're going to get to about like the logistics of it. Um, so what was it like? And of course, I do want to hear, um, Noel, about the Liam Neeson movie where you were on an airplane set for three months. Um, we can certainly talk about that. But give us sort of like the the day to day, what happens on the set? You want you, me to take this, Quinn, or you? I'll take it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I think, and I always say this whenever anybody kind of asks about set life and stuff like that, is there isn't really like this set structured schedule. They always have one, but very rarely does it ever follow that set structure. Um, so always be ready for anything. Know your lines ahead of time. Be prepared for any curveballs that might be thrown at you. Um, but usually when you get there, it depends on the day. I always, for some reason, I have the worst luck. I always get called in at like four in the morning. They <laughs> like to get me up early. I'm not a morning person, but that's just how it is. Um, so you show up. Usually they put you right into your trailer. You know, you're signing your contracts and stuff. And it can be a waiting game. Like they might not get to your scenes that day until the afternoon and you're like, I've been here since 4 a.m. Like, why am I still sitting here? And that really depends on the production, but I always bring lots of stuff to do. Like I said, I was in school throughout all of this and I don't do homeschooling. I go to like an actual high school. Um, so I had a lot of stuff for that, but also like other material because you could end up sitting there for hours on it. And, and I, that's the thing for me as a child actor. I always, I always preferred doing theater because I always felt like, oh God, like why am I sitting around while they hang the lights and move the lights? So what are some tips, Quinn, for kids to, kids to sort of preserve their energy um, while you're sitting there in the trailer, you know, waiting? Like, are you taking a nap? Are you eating lunch? You don't want to eat too much in case they yeah. call you, right? Personally, my favorite thing, I know not everyone's a reader, is reading a book just because it's more of a calm activity. You're not getting yourself like super distracted, but it's very like, you're very centered and focused. Um, I try not to watch like TV or anything like that because it just gets me like all discombobulated. I'm like, wait, I'm watching like a Marvel superhero TV show and I'm supposed to be running from the cops in the, in the episode that I'm filming. So it's like very different. Um, and when it comes to like crafty, you're going to want to be What's crafty like, for people who don't know? like the table that they set. It's like the one glamorous part about <laughs> filming is the giant table of food that they will set up for you. Don't eat all the donuts and the candy. You will regret it. You'll have like a sugar high and you'll hit a super sugar low. So stuff like that, like the little things, just keeping your body centered and your mind centered is really important throughout the whole day. And it's hard to do because it is, it's long. I, I forget what my like maximum hours are, but it can be a long day. You could be there for the full amount until the very last minute. And so for you, Noelle, as a parent, you're on the set with Quinn. You don't know what time you're going to be home. What is, you know, I know you have a wonderful husband who, you know, took part in a lot of the childcare, but so are you calling him and saying like, we don't know, we're here another hour, like are you giving him updates? How did you deal as a parent with the not knowing when you had another child at home that, and a dog, of course, um, that needed to be taken care of? 
Well, for us, it's a very different situation because of where we live too. Um, any job that Quinn has ever um, booked has, I mean, of course, has never been in Delaware. <laughs> right. so we've always had to travel. Um, you know, and I mean, she's, she's lived in Budapest for three months, just the three, just two of us. And then her father and her brother were home. Um, and then, you know, when it's a New York shoot, we usually have to get an apartment in New York, which, you know, and, um, or we have to spend the night if it's only like a one or two day, if it's like a TV show that she's just doing a guest star. Um, so checking in and things like that, we don't necessarily always have to do, but you do have to roll with the punches. Um, because there are a lot of times where it's a really early shoot or they could call, you know, there's times where we get a phone call at 10 PM, you know, Quinn's call time tomorrow is five in the morning or you, it, it, every film shoot is different. And you like I, she said, you have to be very prepared. Um, some are very organized, some are not. And that's just a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get until you start getting it. And, um, you know, but then there are times where they could call, um, when you're a minor, they have to get parent signatures and authorization to be able to use you over hours. So for example, if they want to shoot a two in the morning because they don't want a crowded street in New York, you know, you have to have things signed off through um, the SAG organization and also the parent has to sign off. And that is totally up to the parent. Um, I've always been agreeing to uh, very agreeable with things like that because Quinn is one of those kids that can work till four in the morning and be very happy if she has to get up at six in the morning. Some kids aren't and you know your kid. So you have to judge that as a parent based on how you know your child. You know, if your child is somebody who is not, is going to fall asleep on set if he's up till two in the morning, then I would say that to the production. I would and, say Best out of my what, um, you know, I know parents sometimes have been put on the spot, right? You know, are you supposed to call your agent and say they want to keep her? Or is that just at this point, is the agent done because they've negotiated your, your contract and now it's up to you to be the advocate for your child? It's usually up to you as the parent to be the advocate for the child, but you do want to check in with your agent if it's going over hours because you do want to make sure your child is also getting paid for their time. Right. Um, and that's up to your agent and your managers to keep track of some of that. Um, I, as a parent, do that myself, but I know that's a lot. A lot of parents don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, it, that's that's a parent situation. It's, it's different with every child because we've been on sets. Um, actually, the last, yeah, Hide and Seek, the last one Quinn filmed, she had a little brother. And, you know, there were times where they were like, can you kids stay late in the night? And he was not a night out. He was an early morning, like wild man. Like he was awesome in the morning. Like he had all the energy and he was a great, you know, but at night he just started to crash and that's, it's your child. And you know? I have heard that parent, I know this from my own times on set, although I don't think it was implemented in the 1980s. Parents are allowed to request headphones so that you can technically hear what the director is saying. And I feel like a lot of parents don't know that when they go to set that they, they legally can ask for headphones so that you can hear the director's uh, words that he or she is speaking to your child. Yeah, a lot of parents are afraid to ask questions when they're on set. I think they feel intimidated by the idea of it. Um, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel that way. Um, usually you have an AD that meets you your first day on set. Um, and they are typically the most organized people on the movie set. Um, they're in charge of all the times, the crew, safety, everything. And so I would just, you know, Number one, be super friendly to your AD. She's going to be your best friend. 
Um, and then I would also make sure you ask those kind of questions, like say, like, what, you know, am I allowed to be in this area? Is it okay? Am I in the way if I'm here? Can I have a headset? Which they can't deny you that. You have to be able to be within sight of your child and within in hearing your child as well. And, and what if the scene is being filmed in a different room um, and they're like, we, we only need like, you know, the camera person and, um, you know, uh, you can't come in, you know, cause I always feel like there's no place to ever sit on the set. You know, I visited as a cast director, I visited sets and I feel like I'm always in the way, even on the Lucy in the Sky set, even on my own set, I never knew where to sit. So where do you sit, Noelle? And what well, happens if they're taking her into a different room to do a well, scene? Bad rules state that you have to have either a, um, a TV to, to watch your child, to be able to see what your child is doing, or you have to be in the room in sight. Um, but some, it's different with different ages too. Like Quinn doesn't like me in her eyesight. Um, and I don't blame her. Like, I feel like it, it distracts you from what you're doing and getting you in your mood of your character. And so Quinn, how old were you, Quinn, when you finally said like, I actually, I'm okay, mom. Were you um, nine? <laughs> my very first project, Mildred Pierce, like after my first, like, a few days and we were in like a super duper crowded area so like I didn't necessarily see her but I'd catch little glimpses and I actually remember sitting her down in our little New York apartment at that time and I was like mom like I really need you like you can look at the tv screen but I don't want to be able to see you because I just I start laughing or giggling and I can't and we're like best friends so it's it, I always she's too much of a distraction so I always try and have her out of my eye line and usually she is in a different room but it's not like I could walk like 10 feet out the door and there she is. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really great, Noelle, that you strike me. And I know from working with you as a mom who lets your child have the space. You know, I've heard horror stories of parents being so close and trying to get in the in the frame. And, you know, I think for parents, the best practice is you want, you know, you want to be there for your child, but you also need to pull back and let your child do their, their acting work and hopefully find a place to sit, right? So that you're close by and but can see. As a parent, um, this is not a glamorous life by any means. The only time this is glamorous is if you're going to an award show or it's the you know opening night of the film or you're on the red carpet. <laughs> There's nothing glamorous about set life. Um, I always laugh, I say everybody dresses like construction workers and it, it's, you know, you're, you're constantly being moved, you're constantly being shifted and you as a parent are not the actor, so they, you have to be with your child, but you're also, you can't expect to be given a chair. You can't always expect to be given a warming coat or be put in a warming tent, you know, and you have to be ready to go with the elements. I mean, we have worked in snow, we've worked in rain, we've worked in freezing conditions, and then we've worked in like super hot, sweaty conditions. And you have to roll with it. Like you have to be ready to roll with it. Always be prepared, always be prepared. So, um I know your first movie, Quinn, was your first big project was was Kate Blanchett's daughter in Mildred Pierce. Um, Winslet. Winslet. Oh my goodness. Well, Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet. <laughs> I did the one, yeah. <laughs> um, and and then I, I do want to talk for a little bit about the Liam Neeson movie. Um, I didn't play your demo reel for everybody because I thought it was just more important for them to meet you, and you can you know we can send it later. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Liam Neeson movie because Noel, you were telling me over dinner one night about you know three months on this set, and um, I was laughing for days and days and days uh, hearing the story. So why don't you give us a little bit about uh, uh, the what the set was like on the airplane? <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll 
I'll tell you a little antidote story and then Quinn can take over. But um, a film set nonstop, I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's all about an airplane um, takeover. And the entire set was filmed in a warehouse in Queens. And it, they actually built an airplane, a replica of an airplane, same amount of seats. Every seat actually had a TV with a movie screen. Now, granted, it wasn't playing what you wanted it to play. It was fake. But, um, you know, as a parent, like, I had to sit on that plane. Now, at one point, they did come up to me, and they were like, would you like to be in the background? Would you like to be, a, you know, extra? And I'm, I'm just, I don't even like to have my picture taken, so I was immediately like, no, 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 no. Um, but I did have to sit on that airplane seat every day. Um, how many months? Three months. And what, for how many hours a day? Oh, um, well, she was there for the maximum hour. So it was like 12 to 14 hours. Um, now granted, we got up, got to go to lunch. She went to tutoring. Um, so, I mean, I guess in, in, in reality, it was probably like six hours a day. But again, there's a situation where, you know, I had, I had a book. I read so many books during that time um, because I can't talk on my phone. You really, you shouldn't be moving around because it's distracting to the other actors. Um, were you like yeah. in the, were you in the back row of the airplane? They moved me around based on where Quinn was. For <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I was in first class, sometimes I was not. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was a very interesting film set. One of the situations I think I've ever been on, I remember texting my husband being like, oh, if I have to sit in that seat one more day, you know, because, you know, it's really fun and really cool the first three or four days to see your child getting to act with some of the, you know, the biggest actors you've heard of. And then after three or four days, you're kind of like, all right, she's having a blast, but, you know, here I am. I've got to find something to do. Right. No, I love that story because it's like, talk about the sacrifices that parents make to, to make your children's dreams come true. Um, you know, my mother spent one night, we had an all-night shoot in, in Florence, Kentucky at a mall, and she was, this was back in the 80s when you could smoke and stuff, and, like, they were, like, giddy. The, the moms, they were smoking, they were drinking coffee. One of the moms fell over backwards in her chair, and my mother said, you know, well, that was a fun four-day shoot, and now it's time to go home home um she had a blast but it was like a, i didn't work as much as quinn you know so for her it was fun but for for um for you i mean that's is, i love that story and like you read a lot of books and then you're eating all this food and it's not like you can oh. get your peloton and you know now, i gained so much during that that shoot it was awful you now, get up and just go walk. No, of course not. So um, we'll come back to you in a second, Quinn, because we do have some questions that are coming in. Um, Noelle, what do you wish you'd known now? Like Quinn's 18 now. What do you wish you could tell um, your younger self when you were just starting out, um, you know, with all the driving that you did from Delaware and all of the, um, you know, preparation to get her ready? I mean, you strike me as a very, like, very even kill calm person, which is why I was happy to have you on my set, believe me. Um, but like, what do you wish you could tell yourself, which is why we're gonna share with the other parents so that they, they have the wisdom. Or Quinn, what do you wish your mom had known? I mean, your mom's great, but what do you wish you'd known about life on set? I do wish I had known I could have asked more questions and not felt as, in, I, and it's not that I felt intimidated, I guess, to a point you do, you just don't, I think the, especially the first few times you're on set, you're just so excited that your child's gotten the opportunity and you don't want to, number one, be that parent that is annoying or in the way. Mm -hmm. um, you want to let all the sunshine be on your child. Um, and I think sometimes it's, you know, it's knowing that you can ask those questions 
um, there are some there are some cases where I wish I had taken a few more pictures behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but again, that's something you have to ask. Um, especially are, now, especially now with with yeah, Instagram. there are some sets. I know, like most sets, you're not allowed to take pictures of your child in costume. Um, and if you do, you're certainly not allowed to publish them until the film comes out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of times, there's a lot of times where I was intimidated, like, oh, I can't take a picture of her with Kate Winslet right now or with the director even. And I wish I had taken more because we have, we have lots of pictures, but not as many as I would have liked to have taken. And I think also, um, you know, you sort of want to be invisible, right? You want to be there to support your child. And if something happens and she suddenly sprains her ankle, you know, boom, you're right there to help her. But you also want to sort of pull back a little bit. Now, Quinn, one of the things that I observed, so we, we filmed Lucy in the Sky for four days, and I've been talking about Whoopi Goldberg, um, and I promise, promise, promise that I will um, include the video in uh, in our notes to everybody who attended today. So one of the things that I noticed on set about you and Zoe and um, little Adrian, who played your little brother, is how you guys were able to stay focused, but then when you had a little downtime on set, you could like glance at your phones and chat with each other, but then boom, when those cameras rolled, you were right back in it. So that's so different from doing theater. A lot of people on this call are theater people who are used to doing a show for two and a half hours. So how, how, do you, how did you go back and forth between being you on Instagram and hanging out and then just going right back into the dramatic world? Yeah. Um, for me, at least, I've always viewed acting as a very fun activity for me. But I also, you have to be very cognizant of the fact that this is a job um, and this is a bunch of other people's jobs as well. So everyone is there trying to get work done and produce this amazing project. Um, so it's very important to, yeah, take it in and have fun, joke around, like it's great. But when it comes time to actually have the cameras rolling, you need to be ready to do anything and and roll, like I said, roll with the punches because like the director may throw lines at you that you're not ready for. Let's change this. Uh, the last um, movie I did, Hide and Seek, which hasn't come out yet, probably sometime next year, depending on this virus. Um, he was very big into writing scenes. I showed up to set one day and he comes into my um, trailer and he was like, hey, I, I wrote this brand new scene for you. He was like, it's not in the script. Can you memorize it? We're going to do it in like an hour. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I mean, more scenes, more screen time, that's great. You want to you wanna act as much as you can. Um, but just being ready for anything, that's really important. And always just staying focused so that you can be ready for anything. Yeah, I'd heard in Michael Caine's um, book, um, he talks about how he showed up at set it's a famous story, like he showed up at set and so he had the sides, he, he had the scene that they were gonna do that day. They threw a curveball at him and something and said, oh, we're actually gonna film what happens at the end of the movie. And like he hadn't, he wasn't prepared. He hadn't like read the full script or something. So yeah. it's like always to be prepared. I wanna talk a little bit about my film. Um, so I, uh, uh, produced this this lovely short film that um, Quinn starred in and went to a bunch of different film festivals in 2019. And thank goodness it was last year, not this year. So we cast Whoopi Goldberg to play the acting teacher at the high school. And so um, I assured, of course, Whoopi Goldberg's you know reps that I had these wonderful young actors um, that were going to be in the scenes with her. And obviously you've worked with Liam Neeson and Kate Winslet and you know incredible actors. So you know what was it like how do you deal, how do you work with somebody who's so huge as an actor and still be you and do your job and stay calm? What are some tips? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, I know for some people, it seems like this big thing, like when the person you've been watching on your TV screen for years just shows up right in front of you. And I don't know if it's the fact that I have been doing this since I was seven, that it just doesn't hit me quite as hard. Now, I have had my moments. I did do a project. I played um, the young Diane Keaton in Love the Coopers. And I saw Amanda Seyfried. And I Mama Mia is everything. <laughs> I've always loved listening to those songs. She was probably the first time I saw her across the lunchroom and I was like, okay, I don't know if I can go up and talk to her because I might not be able to get any sentences out. But um, for the most part, just realizing that they are also people just like you and they do the same process. They go on auditions, they send in self tapes, like they're doing everything you're doing, even if you're not, if, whether you're a beginner or intermediate or wherever you are on this great stage, you're just, you're just another actor and so are they. And so keeping like that kind of in your, in your mind that they're just normal people. It really yeah. Is. And I, it's kept me calm. I mean, I, I, I like lost it once when Matt Dillon was in a recording session for a movie <laughs> that I cast. Cause I was just like, oh my God, it's Matt Dillon. I want to take pictures of my sister. I mean, we were, I was beside myself and you know, and then I, took myself to the bathroom and said like he's an actor and I just I hired him for this movie and he's an actor just trying to do his job and the last thing he needs is for me to be you know talking about the 1980s with him um we have a question this is more for Noel um a question you know a mom was on a, a film short set recently the director walked up stuck her hand out to her, her son and said I need to borrow him for a minute the mother asked where they're going she says they have a quiet room set up where they're going to tape a voiceover um the mom didn't Know where the room was, who's going to be there, how long he'll be gone. What do you do in that kind of situation? Um, and how do you make sure that your kid is safe? Um, in that kind of situation, I would have, I definitely would interject and say, I need to be with my child. Um, it's, it, we've never had any situations, but I will say, I have heard situations from other parents. Um, I mean, when you get on sets, Quinn's not had a lot of opportunity to work with a lot of young kids. I mean, when we filmed Lucy in the Sky, that was fabulous because there was three moms and we got along fabulously. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't have asked for three better moms to be in a room with. They were all very laid back, very fun. Um, but, you know, you, you do always kind of share stories and, and talk to each other. Um, and, you know, we have heard some stories where, you know, they'll say, hey, I need to take your child for a costume change. You need to be with your child, especially when your child is too young to understand everything. So, yeah, kids, I mean, ask for your moms and dads or whoever's on set with you. You know, if, if you get moved into another room, say, you know, I'd like to have my mom here for this, this part. Um, but, you know, on camera is a different situation because you can see your child from the cameras in the room. You can possibly, even if you aren't in the same room, but for a job where you're changing clothes or you're getting makeup or you're in a small area, I would say, yeah, the parent. And that's the other thing with a voiceover. Every voiceover room has a, um, a screen. Mm -hmm. So you should be able to see your child without actually being in the room with the microphone. And is the set, the set teacher, I mean, are they supposed to be... A so, they're a social worker as well, or are they the set teacher that's supposed to be tutoring her back in the um, trailer? If you have a set tutor, the parent is allowed to be in the, um, what they call the classroom. Usually they set up, usually it's never in your trailer. Um, I guess it depends on the size of the production. Most of the time there is a separate classroom trailer for the, the students. And if it's one student, like Quinn's had situations where she was the only one, she's had situations where she was one of 15. Um, and you know, your, your tutors in there, but the parents are welcome to go in there as well. And they 
I mean, Quinn has always become very tight with her teachers, um, just because usually they're a little bit younger um, and they kind of relate to her. And then, you know, that's the person you kind of get to know the most because you're spending a lot of time with them. Um, and then once your child feels comfortable, I mean, that's up to you as the parent, but I've always kind of stuck in the room with that. Yeah, no, that's good to know. Now, and do, are, do different states have different legal um, rules in terms of the hours that, um, that you can work? You know what? I'm not sure. I think it goes on based where your movie, um, like when Quinn worked in Budapest, it stuck to the New York rules. Mm -hmm. um, and the LA rules are pretty much almost exactly the same as New York. I, I don't think we've ever worked in any other kind of state rule. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really strict. I'm always like, I'm the one that's like, where's the equity cot in the theater and it's time for somebody to go to school. So I'm happy if um, you want to send a question via chat. Um, oh, this is a really good one. How do you get legally excused from school for auditions? Um, boy, that's an interesting one. And I would imagine that every school is different. Yeah. yeah I, I say we, we, Quinn's at a private school um, and we chose that school because of that. Um, because most schools have a limit as to how much you can miss before you have to repeat the grade. Oof, yeah. So that's a very difficult situation. Some schools are more lenient. Now we have a lot of friends who homeschool, um, and they chose to do that after being, you know, after getting like three or four jobs, they started realizing we're missing a lot of school. Right. Um, because you miss more school doing the auditions than you actually do, you know, cause during the job you get the tutor. That's right. Technically That's in right. school. When you're going to auditions, there's no way to get a tutor in a car for four hours. <laughs> no, I love that. I feel like I've never heard that before. And I think you're totally right. Cause like auditions, there could be so many and every day and you're leaving school early. And, um, but then you're right. You get the, you get the tutor on the set to, to help you. Now, Quinn, when you went back to school after some of these projects, were you up to date with stuff or were you behind? I mean, I know you're brilliant and smart and perfect, but be <laughs> honest with us. <laughs> no, I mean I personally never had too much of a problem uh, catching up. I'm oh, I've always been an English person. I'm not really a math person. So I would say sometimes I struggled in math, but I have a very math family, hard to believe, but it's true. I'm like the one English person. So I had a lot of help. And um, like I said, I go to a private school and it's a small school. So just getting help wherever you can. And if you're a kid, it's so important to be proactive about your studies. It's, you don't want to fall behind because if you fall behind, acting isn't fun when you're thinking about all the millions of projects you have to do. Go on like resources like Khan Academy where they do like free tutoring um, videos, like stuff like that, like do what you have to do. To keep up, especially because if you're, I mean, I was behind in school too in sixth grade and I, I, I never caught up from math, the stuff yeah, I missed from rehearsals. Um, and what is, what is, what is it like, Quinn, being tutored on the set? I mean, is somebody, is she just like looking over your shoulder as you do your schoolwork? Are they really helping? I know it's, I'm sure it's different depending on the, the set teacher. Yeah, I would say when I hit about sixth or seventh grade, um, I still, like, obviously I've had a tutor this whole time, but I started getting to the point where I was kind of doing most of the work by myself. Um, they're definitely there to help. Most of their math levels, um, they just hit like a certain point where they're, they're not really doing calculus anymore. So you're not getting into that with them. You're mostly doing that on your own. But I also, um, I think as a student, you have to be very aware of your stuff because they're there to make sure you get it done and they will talk to your teachers. But you have to, ultimately, you are in charge of your education. They're just there as a guide and an aid. 
Yeah, I think that's a really sobering point to, to, to make. Um, Noelle, was there ever a moment on set, and it might have been during the Liam Neeson three months on the, on the airplane, um, where you thought to yourself, this is crazy, you know, what am I doing? Um, Quinn is missing out on something. I mean, you know, was there ever that moment, or were you always just like, this is what she loves and I'm here to support? Not to get too personal, but I'm just curious. I remember a moment where I was like, I'm, I like, I didn't want to do it with her. Um, it has been tough situations. Like, when you're doing something in New York, um, for us, it's not so bad because we're, you know, a four-hour ride. My husband and my son can come visit. We can, you know, slip home for a day or two if she has a day or two off. Um, like when we were in Budapest for, for three months, um, that was probably the most difficult situation we had. And, and mainly because it was supposed to be two and a half months. We had scheduled my husband and my son. They were going to fly them to Budapest to meet us for spring break. They came to us on set and they were like, oh, we're ahead of schedule. Um, we think, you know, you're probably going to get to go home that Tuesday of spring break. Would you want to stay or do you want to go home? Well, we've been there for so long. We missed them, you know, dearly. And so we were like, no, no, we'll cancel their trip and we'll go on home. Well, come to find out, we had a, a weather situation come about and it extended us for three more weeks. And it was, you know, and that was the only point I think I'd ever really broken down. Like I just, like that night when we got that phone call, I bawled. I missed my son. I missed my husband. I missed my dog. You know, it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, I don't know if I can do this, but then you just suck it up. And then the next day she's on set and you're seeing your kid getting to do something really cool again. And you go, you roll with the punches, like she said, and you know, it worked so out. Was the, weather situ was the weather situation that you had to stay in Budapest longer? We, it's so funny. We, um, they filmed it in Budapest because they wanted snow. And of course it snows like crazy there. So we get there and of course it's the mildest winter they've ever had. Did not snow any, so they had to make snow. And then of course the finally, like, the, like I said, the week that we were supposed to have them come, they get such a snowstorm that we couldn't get out. Oh, so that's what happened. Isn't that so ironic? And then uh, that was one of the, on set too, um, the director got the flu and had to take three days off. And let me tell you, when you take three days off a movie set. Ooh, so much money. Yeah. And Quinn, what do you wish you could tell your younger self? You know, you're 18 now and, you know, I think heading to college and, you know, all those good yeah. things. Um, what do you wish you could tell your younger self, you know, that, that day, the first day you showed up on set? Um, yeah, um, actually, this kind of goes hand in hand. I did see there was a question asking about, um, like, taking, like, gap time and stuff like that. I, um... You know, I had been doing this since I was seven. I reached my freshman year in high school. And for me, I was like, you know what? This year, I want to take a break. I was like, I'll go on auditions if they're <laughs> ones that really mean a lot to me. But I'm going to focus on my freshman year, my year in school, my year just being me with, with no acting. Um, and I did that. And I took that time for myself. And I'm so glad that I did because it really did make me realize how much I missed acting, how much acting was such an important piece in my life. And so I appreciated it so much more when I got back the year after that. And I was very lucky that it, it, it was, it picked right back up and um, that doesn't happen to everyone. So I, I'm really grateful, but just taking it in, um, realizing 
you'll notice very quickly if there ever is a drag in your life where you're not doing something. I mean, this virus is the perfect example. Um, if you feel like you're missing it, like, like for me, like, I just can't wait till this gets over. I'm so tired of being home and not working. Um, that's how you know it's such an important part of your life. And if you feel that strongly about it, that's how you know it's, it's the thing for you. So just to take it in, I wish I had known that even when I was seven, that like, I mean, the, you could be on set and this is your last time on set for God knows how long. I mean, I filmed FBI Most Wanted in January. Um, that was the last thing that I got to like be on set filming before this whole thing with the coronavirus started. So you just never know like how long it's going to be till you get to do it again. So just take it in. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And, you know, kids have such a short, that's such a short, precious time when they're young. Um, mm -hmm. I want to, um, we are going to ask you what you're going to do after high school. I, I just, I want to ask, um, uh, uh, and I remember I saw you when you were 14, you came for High School Musical 4, and I was like, mm -hmm. Quinn, I haven't seen you. Oh my God, you're 14. I can't believe it. It's been a couple of years since that horseback riding movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went nowhere. I don't think anybody saw it. Um, for Lucy in the Sky, so my movie was very special to me because I, I got a grant from the Sloan Foundation and, and I wanted to ideally cast one young actress to play both both sisters, but we just, we didn't have enough money to, to be able to do that. And I remember getting these two incredible auditions from Quinn, um, filmed in the home studio. It looks like, Noelle, you have the, the blue board right behind you, the Botero screen. And um, so I remember Quinn's agent called me and said like, what is happening with your movie? Because Quinn really wants these parts and she's up for this other huge, this huge movie, like at like Universal and she, and all she's doing is like saying, can you check in with Jen <laughs> about your, um, about your movie? And so, um, so it was just like one of those nice moments where I was like, okay, you're going to be in our movie. And, and I just want to say about auditions, you know, yes, the, yes, Quinn got the part because, because she was, she was, you know, for us, the, our choice for Rachel, but also I had known her. This is a, an actress I had known over the years, seen give consistent auditions, right? Um, always be prepared for her auditions. And she had impressed me at a young age that I was thrilled to be able to offer her the, these opportunities, right? And so I think that just goes back to sort of the reputation and behaving yourself on set and, and all those things. Yeah, so everybody wants to know what you're going to be um, doing when it's time to go to college, assuming that colleges are yeah. open. What's the point? I know, right? Um, I'm planning to attend college in New York. I'm in between two different schools right now. I'm not, I have to make my decision by next week and I'm a flip-flopper. So I, I change my mind every other day. You can call me after this and we can discuss it. Wow. Very exciting. I haven't quite picked, um, but I did choose the location, um, based on acting. I wanted to be near the city. Um, both of my schools are 30 minutes or under from the city via train. So um, that was a big factor for me. Um, I've always wanted to do college. I'd never really questioned not going to college. I mean, we toyed with the idea of taking a year and just living in, in New York for me, but I've always just wanted to be a student. I like being a student. It's just who I am. Um, and when I get there, I'm hoping to major in English and film. So I want to, I want to do both, have like a little bit of a backup plan with the English and also get to like dive into some of the other um, aspects of the film. Cool. So um, Quinn and Noel, last week we talked about um, best practices for the audition waiting room. And I shared, you know, some very harrowing stories of both things I've seen and ways I'd been treated when I was 12 or 13 or 14. Um, let's hear from Noel first. Um, you know, best advice for a, a parent in a, in a crowded waiting room with a lot of chatty 
parents? What, what do you do? How do you stay calm? Um, cause I know you've seen it all. I'm yeah, we have, um, in all reality, you shouldn't be chatty in the waiting room. <laughs> um, because the actors, and that's hard. Cause when you're in a situation where it's kids and moms, like, of course we always run into people that we've either worked with and you become friends sometimes with people that you see in the audition rooms over and over and over again. Um, and it is a tough situation to not talk, but really in all reality, maybe the best practice would be to say, Oh, something just happened there. Um, would be to say, um, you know, let's, let's go to lunch after this and chat. Kind That's of exactly what I tell people. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, the kids need to really be focused um, on getting ready and getting themselves prepped to go into that room. Um, and you'll see, like, we've noticed now that Quinn's 18, I don't go in with her anymore. Um, she goes by herself, but she says, like, you go in when, they're, when you're with adults and they're doing their lines to themselves over and over and over again. And you don't see that as much with the, the child actors. And I think that's because they're with their parents and it is chatty in there. Um, but the, the number one thing I can say to parents is, you know, Number one, don't talk about your child's jobs. Don't flash the headshot in front of other people with the stuff on the back. Um, it's just, oh, all the time. in all reality, it makes no difference. Um, many times when you go into these auditions, it doesn't matter if you have 17 jobs on the back or if you have one or if you have none. Um, it all depends on what you do when you go in that room. Um, so, you know, my biggest thing is, is make friends if you're going to do it. Like be friendly, be nice you know, you're not necessarily in competition um, with those other children or other parents, especially. Um, you know, everybody has a fair shot and, and they're looking sometimes for something unique. I mean, your child might do a better job, but might not have the hair color or might not match the family or, you know, there's so many factors that my biggest thing is I say promote each other. Oh, I love that. Promote each other. No, that's lovely. And Quinn, I mean, you know, I, I, I just find this topic, which is why there's a whole chapter, or I think there's a section in the book, The Politics of the Waiting Room. I think it was a chapter at one point and HarperCollins might have thought that sounded too bizarre. But, but what about for you? I mean, you run into Zoe Coletti, who we love, from Lucy mm -hmm. in the Sky, who's, you know, you're always up against her for, you're both competing for similar yeah. roles. Like, but you love, we love Zoe. So, you know, that's the good stuff. But what about some of the other stuff that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, you definitely get it all. There are, there are people who are nice. There are people who aren't so nice. And the main thing to remember is kind of like what my mom said. It doesn't matter how you're treating each other because like if you're being if you're not being kind in the waiting room, it makes no difference once you get in the room and you're on tape because they will pick whoever they want to pick. So just be nice to everyone there. Don't like, I mean, you have the horror stories of people trying to intimidate other people. I went on an audition, I was like 16. And at that point, my mom was still um, coming into some of them if we knew the waiting room was big enough. Um, and there was a time where this mother, I don't know why, but she just wouldn't stop staring at me. And I was like, I'm 16. Like, I really don't want to be like looking at you. We're not having a stare off, but that's the thing. Like it, how you treat each other, it has nothing to do with who's going to get the job. So just be nice to everyone and be nice in the waiting room and let everyone focus in the waiting room. Cause your acting is what your acting is more important. Like how you 
that's the most important part is how you- Yeah, I, that is so nice to hear from you guys. And I, you know, I was choosing when we were doing the auditions for the little brother in Lucy in the Sky, there was a mother in the waiting room and I, I didn't, I, I said to myself, we're going to be filming for an entire weekend in my home in Harlem, which P.S., my husband and I will never do again. <laughs> and if we do, we won't stay here. And I thought to myself, I need to make sure that the, that the three mothers that are in our home for three days are going to be nice people. And I just don't have any time for drama. And I think the most important thing is like, leave the drama for the audition room and do your job. So um, I want to thank you so much, Quinn and Noel, for your time. Um, these are, there's so many questions that parents have, and I feel like we can address the musical theater Broadway world very well. I certainly can from my years working at Disney Broadway. And I can certainly talk about what it's like when you book an animated show and you're in the voiceover room, but the set, is this whole nebulous world and it's very different, right? Every single job is different. So Quinn, where can everybody find you? <laughs> yes, I was just typing that in. Um, all of my um, handles for social media are just my name, Quinn McCoggan. I'll put that in this chat. Um, I mostly use Instagram. I wish I was funny enough for Twitter, but I'm not. So I am an Instagram girl. I usually answer my DMs like pretty pretty quickly. So if you have any questions, please feel free to follow me and send me a message. I will definitely see it. Cool. And what are we going to see you in next? Um, so that movie hide and seek that I mentioned a few times in this chat, um, should we hope come out sometime next year, we were supposed to actually go back for some pickup scenes. Um, but this whole virus thing really threw that for a loop. So we're hoping for the best. Um, we have some high hopes, though. The uh, production company of that movie uh, produced Parasite, which just won all those awards. So it's very exciting. Um, it's like a horror thriller. I can't watch horror thriller, but I love acting in them. So it should be a lot of good fun. Um, other than that, oh, I do have an independent film project called Project Payday. Okay. Um, Cool. And I am going to make Lucy in the Sky, I think, is going to be streaming. So it was at a bunch of film festivals and the Newport Beach Film Festival, um, where it was last year, is going to be doing an online screening of some of the shorts. So it will be available to stream there. And um, and I will include a, a, the Whoopi Goldberg still and maybe the video I was going to share. So thanks so much, you guys. Send your resumes, jenrudenassistant at Gmail. And please um, check our website for our next week's session and Quinn and Noel. It's so nice to see you. Everybody looks beautiful. Everybody's skin is like glowing and oh. <laughs> very people look very healthy. So um, thank you so much. Of course, not that it's about what we look like, but <laughs> since I haven't seen you guys in a while, um, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. For more episodes of Confessions of a Casting Director, go to jenrudencasting.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast fix. And please subscribe, rate, and review and tell your friends about our show. We've got a bunch of fun online classes for young actors in voiceover and animation, TV acting analysis, and monologues at reduced prices during the pandemic. So you can check them out and sign up at jenrudencasting.com slash classes dash coaching. And if you love this show as much as I love doing it, please consider supporting us with a contribution to keep our show going. You can contribute at jenrudencasting.com slash podcast and support us through Patreon or PayPal. Thanks for listening. <laughs>